are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I cannot believe that you did this, Luane. I mean, having sex while you were supposed to be watching the reviewer 20 years ago. I mean, I mean, now he's come back and he's going to kill us all, Luane. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, 20 years ago, I was happy to be having sex at any point. <laughs> did you hear that? Did you hear that? That that crying and criticizing through the trees. I think that's coming. I think that's coming. Wah. <laughs> wait, wait, Luana, I think there's there's only one thing left to do. Maybe if we, we can appease Matt if we review Allegoria, this new Shudder anthology film from Spider-One. You, you, you think we could do that and it'll make Matt we'll Foster happy? Oh, okay, okay. So, yes, uh, everyone, just breathe and... Oh, no, the axe! <laughs> it would have appeased me more. If you would have reviewed it before I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know where Matt stands on this one. Right. Yes. Hello, everyone. I am Mindy, the now dead due to the big baby reviewer. And here we are reviewing the horror anthology film Allegoria from the little brother of Rob Zombie. Who is, what is his actual name other than Little Brother of Rob Zombie? Spider Just One. Spider One. It's he his doesn't gnome give himself de crime, a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is on Shudder right now. So before we get into it, what happens in this thing? A bunch of artists have terrible experiences and not just with art. Very vague. <laughs> yeah. It should have been called Pretentia. I think, rather than allegoria. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, with that, that's the segue into how do y'all think about this one? It's fine. <laughs> we were talking off mic that there were elements of it that I recognize are tropey. Like we were talking about the acting coach who's hyper famous and is just a monster to deal with, which plays on its own thing. Those always aggravate me as tropes because I hate instructors that have to go out of their way to be terrible to the students under the guise of learning right yes and in this film like i said it's an anthology so it focuses on a acting class a painter a script writer who's writing a horror film a couple who came back from that film but it's revealed that one of them is a sculptor and a musician and then you find out at the end that all these things are interconnected in some capacity but yes, every single one focuses on art in a specific field. It's worth mentioning, too, that this is not like a curated anthology. No. No. It's a braided anthology designed to tell a overall story. 
It's not one of those ones where they collected nine shorts and shot a wraparound for them. Yeah, this is clearly all built together to tell one larger story about art. Art and the artiste. Yeah, that is one of the things that got me. It felt like it wasn't self-aware enough to be parody, but it was essentially creating the very thing it was trying to criticize. Mm -hmm. Which made me feel sad because the topic of this thing is something that I actually think a lot about, Mm -hmm. which is the responsibility of creation. Because as artists... You know, I've mentioned many times, I'm an actor. I know, Luane, you're a filmmaker. Matt, I'm sure you do something. Uh (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I review stuff. (laughs) I am a regionally prominent stand-up comedian. There we go. There you go. I am the roast battle champion of Salt Lake. I am the crudest dude in Utah. (laughs) But yeah, but one of the things about being an artist is that you have the power of creation. And that is an awesome power. And I mean that in the biblical sense. Like the power of creation is important to society in regards to the molding of society. And therefore, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So you have to be conscious of creating art morally. So this film attempts to be like what happens when you as an artist don't take that responsibility seriously and are just creating and are just creating in a way that is focused on negative and focused on evil and how that power then manifests itself. It manifests itself as the film Pink Flamingos. Right. It's just like, but there's so little payoff. It's like, I think about this topic a lot and therefore have a lot of opinions about it. And essentially, it's like the big payoff, quote unquote, for this evil creation is essentially like, look, scary monstery like thing, the end. And it's like, really? That's all you're going to do with this? Well, yeah. The implication is that the creation that you talked about ends up in this case because of whatever flaw in these individuals creates this monster instead of just their art. Mm -hmm. So like with the artist, the, what is it? The sculptor, whatever the second story, the second story was the painter, Uh, the painter. Okay. Um, The painter commerce comes in, right? Like he's talking about his soul and stuff, but he's constantly in the phone with this guy. who's basically dictating. This is what you need to do because this is what the client wants. It needs to be done by this deadline. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, I get it. He's got the issue there. But he was so, by the nature of being a pretentious artist, so unlikable. I'm like, whatever. I know the monster's coming. I hope it eats him soon because I don't want to hear him talk anymore. And that was actually one of the other problems that I had in watching this as an anthology. Because as Matt points out, this is a braided story. It all comes together. They're not, you know, individual pieces that just happened to fit a theme. But for me, they didn't come together soon enough for it to really matter. Which is weird because it's barely an hour long. Yes. But the thing is, once you've seen one or two of these, you know how they're all going to go because it's all the same story or the same storyteller as well. You know, it's not like you watch a VHS and it's like people with wildly different visions of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all one story in which we're introduced to the artist. They do something or are in some way flawed or revealed to be something that you would as an audience member, judge them for, and then they're punished. And very rarely do you see them being punished, too. It's just kind of hinted at. Like, first off, they're not really bad enough to warrant this. That, too. Like, the painter boyfriend is a tiresome jerk-off, but they don't show him, like, cheating, and he's, like, a wanker about to his agent 
but they don't show him like truly selling out. And right. that was kind of my take on this whole thing is I believe the kids are calling it mid. <laughs> like you don't have the spikiness of an anthology where like they very wildly in quality because they seem to have had the same crew, you know, but there's not really enough gore here to watch it for a gore horror lane. It really isn't. The no. one where the killer has notes for the screenwriter. It had some stuff in it. That one was the most fun of all of them. Yeah. I think that one was the most cohesive. But it's just like, I don't even know if this hit an R like or will on release. I don't know if I wanted it to be longer, but it could have been like there's nothing here that goes to the extremity. The closest thing is the acting coach's monologue, but that's actually the most intense thing in it. And the problem with that, I thought they got too good of an actor. The guy was too intense. Like it would have been better if he was more of a dipstick, you know? Well, I think it's more, it's like, that's a very common trope for the acting coach who's like, you must make everything real. You find your inner demons. And then it's like, once that moment happens, it's just like, the end. It's like, there's no payoff. Yep. Well, the coach using his space, like his class that he's teaching as a first and foremost, a thing for him to perform on. Oh, yeah. yes. Like, step aside, let me show you how it's done. Like, that part was actually dead on. I was like, I like what this is putting down this far. And he got a good comeuppance that, that like, right as I was starting to hate him, they dealt with him, you know. So what you asked for. I was picking up what it's putting down, but it just did not go far enough or deep enough or sell its absurdity. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like a checks mix with none of the little Melba toasts in it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I have the IMDb open right now, and I'm just glancing at the trailer that's playing. It shows essentially all of the gore bits, mm -hmm. and that's it. And that's such a minimal part of this film. And as you said, it isn't that much longer than an hour. It's like an hour and nine minutes. It's an hour and 5.25 before the credits start. Because I was like, does this even make an hour? Barely. Yes. And so to have it be like, yeah... You have time to expand upon right. this. You don't have to make it this short. And in turn, you can ultimately say the thing that you want to say. Because that's the thing that got me is the fact that it's like, you know, this is an allegory for nothingness. And it's just like you're trying to make a statement about pretentiousness in art and the soul of art but it comes across as such a jerk-off artiste film. It's like you have actively created the very thing that you apparently are criticizing. And it's like, we get it. You never stopped the emo phase. Go to Hot Topic and cry. That was actually part of it because I watched the movie and then I'm like, all right, what is this shit with Spider-1? What is that? So then I went to look it up and I'm like, okay, got it. Power Man 5000. Rob Zombie's brother, blah, blah, blah. And then I was looking up some of the other people, and I'm like, okay. So this is a vanity project, which, okay, sure, fine, I guess. But it's a vanity project that, in a sense, is criticizing vanity. Yes. And that, to me, I was just like, well, this seems weird. And there's this sort of middle finger raised punk thing going on with it, but I just don't know that I care, mm -hmm. I think, is the biggest problem. Like, it doesn't go any direction enough like it could just be a gore show right it could have done that i mean he, this is the brother of rob zombie it's not like he doesn't have influence right <laughs> did you notice when you looked him up Luane, his wikipedia it states in clear english that it was obviously not written 
by Spider One himself. <laughs> that Spider One would like to point out that he has no sibling rivalry with his older brother. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. sure, fine. There's Whatever. literally a line in his Wikipedia about how, like, they are remarkable as celebrity siblings for the lack of sibling rivalry between them. Uh, like, yeah, clearly, you do the exact same shit, but not as good. You have right. no sibling rivalry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like... whose name did I recognize immediately? Zombie. Whose name did I not recognize in any context? Spider-1. Spider-1. One. One. But also because you picked your stage name is a number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Spider-1. I'm half of a computer. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, this just, eh. I get what I think it's shooting for. I just don't think it hit the target. Yeah. Yeah. Like it has a vibe. Like I hate even criticizing it because I know that he's going to take the criticism as validation. Right. Like, yeah. Because he's going to be like, I just don't get it. I don't know why he's British. They're not British. <laughs> but it's not that I don't get what he's going for. It's that I don't think he really gets what he's going for because it's too short of the mark. Like the kids that were in the band talking about art and being extreme and summoning evil and summoning concepts with music, they don't really do that. Yeah. Like the guys in Black Roses sacrifice more than that band. So what's really going on here is just like the actual Mary Sue character in this is the pothead in the band. That's like, <laughs> you ever think about how we like summon concepts into being? Like it actually says it says the quiet part loud. Like because that's what the director's doing. Yeah, it feels very much like. I am an artist, and therefore I'm making a statement. Right. And it's like, okay. I'm making a statement, damn it, because I am an artist. And that statement is that you're making a statement. <laughs> well, I think we've all kind of slurred into a eh, stage with this film. Did anyone want to get into their final thoughts? Sure. It's fine. It feels like a thing that I would have done with my buddies when I started making movie stuff and thought I actually knew anything. And that's what this almost seems like for good, ill, whatever. Like we've said, I kind of see what I think it's shooting for. I just, maybe it's me and I don't get it, or maybe it's the material. Either way, in the end, I'm kind of in the middle on this. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I'm not opposed to seeing other work by these people, but this one's like right in the middle. It's 2.5 out of 5 names that you pick for yourself. <laughs> I will say, I just spent 20 minutes running something down, and I'm going to try to like give back an inch. The overall production quality was good here. They got good invested actors. Sure. There was no notably wooden or bad acting, because like a lot of analogy, except in the little movie within the movie with the giant baby, which was on purpose. That was actually rather delightful, that slasher parody. Yeah, I, w I really wanted more of that to play over the credits or something. But, well, it's um, the end credit scene. So like the quality of filmmaking was there, and it's much better than a lot of... like. There's so much horror trash on Amazon or whatever that like... I have to say that at least at least you're not going to walk out of there going like if they can't give me their ticket money back can they at least use it to buy a boom mic like it doesn't <laughs> have those kind of production problems and a couple of the individual vignettes and scenes like the killer killing the screenwriter and the ultimate reveal in the acting class and some of that stuff so there's a lot of decent here. Oh, yeah. Like, mediocre does mean, like George Carlin used to say, like, the median IQ in this country is 100. So, like, medium does mean it's better than half the stuff. I'm going to give it 17 out of 32 plaintive wands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you all pretty much hit it. The nail on the head. This film is mid. 
it does have decent production value to be sure the effects look pretty well done you know in regards to the monster reveals and that sort of thing but it doesn't feel like there's any payoff it jumps from one to the other at the end there's this like oh yeah this is the way they are all connected but it doesn't really feel like there's any meaning in regards to that connection in regards to the overall point of the story i think i understand the point that this guy was trying to make but at the same time it's like uh we get it you're deep uh go and wear all black and write poetry you know death signed my yearbook it's pretentiousness about being pretentious and it's just like you're undermining your whole selling point it's mid you're going to watch it and then you're going to promptly forget about it. So mm, give it a pass. Give it a watch. It doesn't really matter either way. So I am going to give it 2.5 out of 5 allegorias instead of just simply using the word allegory like a normal person. There's literally the monologue at the end where she's like, it's an allegoria of meaninglessness or nothingness or something like that. And it's just like, you couldn't use the normal word. <laughs> For one thing, like allegoria would be plural. Yes, it would be. The other thing would be, you are no longer an allegory if you say I am an allegory. Yes. You are just the thing. Yeah. yeah. Which I think was an intentional like fourth wall break, but it just was... That's the most pretentious moment in the movie, right? <laughs> yes. But that's just it. That gives you that, well, I think that's what this is, right? And if I'm spending my whole movie going, I think that's what you're doing, you didn't do it. You failed the allegoria. Yeah, this has been done by many people that went harder and faster on it. I watched Pink Flamingos with friends on Friday. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, there's, there's like a whole genre of people that make fun of pretentiousness in art. And this would be the dimmest star in it even though I have no specific complaints with it. So I don't know. You probably have Shudder already, so it's not costing you nothing. <laughs> One hour and five minutes. Yeah, give a guy with no sibling rivalry a break. Wah! 